on the March 29th. We're meeting this morning, even though there's a mandate in our state to, to, be, to be safe. We are safe. Doesn't matter how many you have. It's just that you have a perimeter, a space around you, and we, we certainly meet that this morning. Uh, everybody's just, you know, if you, came, if you came to church with somebody, you can sure sit with them in church. But anyway, the, the city of Tuscaloosa is, uh, is going into 24-hour uh, curfew or lockdown or whatever. It will go into effect tonight at 10 p.m., and it'll stay in effect till Saturday, April 11th. And uh, the order will be reevaluated. Re We're asked to remain in our home or our place of residence at all times, leaving for only for essential purposes. And it goes through the essential purposes. So let me, uh, uh, let me tell you what I think and then what I think the Lord thinks. And then I'll tell you what we're going to do. We're, uh, <laughs> there's a rationale. You've got to think right. So uh, we're thinking right here. Until this, until this evening, we've, not been, we've met every condition that they've asked of us. Let me just tell you, I was in Lowe's yesterday or day before, and it was filled up. And there was no six-foot perimeter. They were like, I saw that first. I'm buying it, you know, that sort of thing. They were everywhere. So the city doesn't care. The people don't care, although there's always going to be people that, that are care. But not everybody cares. But we care, and we care uh, uh, doing our part. But just let me tell you, here at River Church, uh, virus cannot come in here. And uh, if anything, if anything, if you came to church at River Church with the corona, we'd send you out without the corona. We would take your corona and we would dispose of it properly and you would leave without it. Nevertheless, nevertheless, we are all law-abiding. We, we conform. We subject ourselves where we can. It's, it's better to obey God rather than men. But if you can obey men and without violating God, well, then you should. And the Lord gave me a scripture about it, and I want to read that scripture. It's in Matthew 17, verse 25, because uh, I, I hadn't been struggling with it, but I've certainly been attuned to what it was. Now, under the state mandate, Governor Ivey has said uh, gatherings of 10, but then you can exceed that if you at all times have a, a six-foot perimeter around you. And so here at River Church, that's exactly what we've done. And uh, it's, it's, uh, we've dealt with that in Children's Church. We've dealt with that in our nursery. So we've endeavored to follow the law as it affected us. Chapter 17 of Matthew, though, gives us levity. It says in verse uh, 25, that's it. Uh, verse 24, when they come to Capernaum, that... They that received tribute money came to Peter and said, Does your master pay tribute? He saith, Yes. And when he was come into the house, Jesus prevented him, saying, What thinkest thou, Simon? Of whom do the kings of the earth take custom or tribute? Of their own children or of strangers? Peter saith unto him, Of strangers. Jesus saith unto him, Then are the children free. Here it is, verse 7, notwithstanding, or nevertheless, lest we should offend them, 
Go thou to the sea, cast a hook, and take up the fish that first cometh up. And when thou hast opened his mouth, thou shalt find a piece of money that take and give unto thee for me and thee. The Amplified says, however, in order not to give offense and cause them to stumble, that is to cause them to judge unfavorably and unjustly, go down to the sea and throw in a hook. So we're good, but we don't want to offend. If we can get the job done without offending, that's what we should do. And like I said, we have not violated anything to this point, but we want to conform as best we can when we can. Now, if they, if, nobody can shut us down. Nobody in the United States with National Guard or Alabama State Guard, no one can shut down a church. It doesn't matter what they say or what. They, nobody can shut down a church. But all we want is the gospel. We don't, we don't need the, the right of assembly for this season. We can get it done another way. Therefore, we're going to be continue broadcasting on Sunday morning at this time and on Wednesday night at about 7.15 or so. We'll broadcast a message and encourage and give you any updates. All those things, we're going to stay in touch. So everybody uh, tune into that and get what we're... So we're going to broadcast. We won't assemble. But actually, Sunday the 12th, if the curfew's lifted, lifted, we'll be here. I want to be here. I want to be with the saints. I want to have the corporate anointing. I want to gather together. Uh, but we're fine. We're fine. So uh, please just trust me with this. You know, everybody's got an opinion. Everybody's got a way that they would do it. And I'm sure this pertains to the governor and to the mayor. There's 100 options, and this is what they've chosen. And... I have lots of options, and this is what I've chosen. And you at home this morning, if you're tuned in, you had options, and that's what you've chosen. Everyone has to go with their conscience, and it's fine. My job is to preach the gospel, to feed the saints, equip the saints for the work of the ministry. So if I can do that anyway, that's what we're going to do, and so therefore we shall. Amen? So, you know, if you have a problem with that, just talk to me about it. But that's what I got from the Lord, and I am confident about that. Yay? Yay. Praise God. Oh, yeah. And when, yeah, that's good. That's, we, if we've had any uh, uh, thing that we could do better at River Church, it's that when we do broadcast, whether we're live and then broadcast later, share. Tell just share. It, it, it doesn't cost you anything. It doesn't cost them anything. It's just good. And you don't know. You just don't know who is ready for the particular message that morning or evening that it will change their lives. You may think, well, that wasn't all that good. But I've gone away from services at times and said, you know, I, that wasn't all that good. I don't know what happened. But it just wasn't. It didn't satisfy me. But then I invariably get a card or someone calls and said, change my life. And so I quit judging that. I do the, you know, we all do the best we can and just trust the Lord with the results. So share. Is that what you share? You don't friend, you share. Okay. Y'all know what to do better than I do. Y'all do what you know to do. Amen. And that's how it's going to work. Praise God. Praise God. And we lift up our president. We lift up our governor. We lift up our mayor. We lift them up and we ask for wisdom for them. 
they're, they're over us and we, we submit. We are submitted. We come under authority because if we don't, we cannot be in authority. You can only be in authority to the level and degree that you are under authority. So it's easy for us to come under so that we can come over in our jurisdiction, in our dimension. Praise God. So I want to I minister to you this morning uh, a, a, a timely message. I believe it'll help. And so turn in your Bible with me, if you would, to the book of 2 Timothy. 2 Timothy. Yes. Now let's just stop and, and, uh, and let's think right. Let's think right. There's a lot of ways to think. Might be even several ways to think right. But I know there's several ways to think wrong. And the herd, the herd, H-E-R-D, does not always think right. Even, even the world can get it right sometimes, but generally they're going to make a carnal or a natural or a survival decision about things. So we can't get our counsel from them, even though it seems like almost all of them are in agreement. But here we have this overwhelming crisis in the land. It's not a crisis to us, but it's a crisis to a lot of people, and they're losing it. And if you don't believe that, just talk to anybody. Not at Lowe's. Now, they're not losing it. Everybody at Lowe's was, was just fine. But there's a lot of people that are losing it over this. And, uh, and I, you know, I don't blame them. I don't criticize them. I don't judge that. Uh, everybody is where they are. Sometimes uh, people that are strong in healing and health are terrible with their money, their finances. They just, they just lose it when a pressure comes against their money. But then and vice versa, some people that are strong in their money, yeah, I got this, me and God are tight, but they're completely devastated when something comes along the line. So we have to exhort one another to, to love and good works. We have, to, we have to be a strength to someone that's weak and then let them be a strength to us in our weakness. So we build one another up. So um, in this time, in this season, we're hearing a lot of voices and it seems like, or it would appear, that that's a consensus, or that's, the, uh, that's heaven's opinion, because there's so many people that are expressing that. They're running for the hills. They're afraid. And what are we going to do? The news channels are just completely inundated with this, that, and the other. You can't even find out what's really going on out there. But uh, they're covered up with it, because that's what people want to hear. But I want to remind you all, we're the church. And we're not of the world. We are in this world, but we are not of this world. And our job is not to report the world or even go along with the world or agree with the world. Our job, our calling, our identity in him is to be in him and to proclaim heaven on earth. So the church has been on defense. We've been on defense. We've been, you know, we don't want to be bullied by any government authority saying you can't do this and you can't do that. But we're not rebellious either. We're going to conform where we can because we want the general population of society to have the best it can be. That's part of the good news. If you can't get it in the world, we know the path in the word, how to get healed and to get your supply right. But that doesn't mean there's other ways that people are willing to go to. We ought to support that. We say go to work. We say don't go to Lowe's <laughs> or whatever and get in a crowded place. Even though you're in faith, it, it can cause other people to stumble. 
Look here in 2 Timothy chapter 3. Let's get a little update. Let's get a, a, let's find out where we really are. What is the big picture? The forest for the trees thing. Uh, Paul said, he said, this also know, this know also that in the last days, so we could be in the last days, couldn't we? In the last days, perilous times shall come. Well, this letter's 2,000 years ago, years old, so it could be the last days. I personally believe that it is. Uh, we're approaching the last of the last days. We're certainly in the last days. But he said, when you get to those days, perilous times, uh, perilous times shall come. It could have been, he said, in the last days, when you finally get to the finish line, it's going to be wonderful. It's going to be amazing. But the, the forecast here is perilous times. And then he describes perilous times. He said, for men shall be lovers of their own selves, covetous, boasters, proud, blasphemers, disobedient to parents. Here's one that seems to stick out to me, unthankful and unholy. Now, this doesn't mean that they've never had any of these things in generations past. It just means that now this will be so prevalent, this will be so... Uh, in the forefront that you'll hardly be able to find something different than this. It's going to try to saturate our culture. They'll be without natural affection, truth breakers, false accusers, incontinent. In other words, unable to hold their vessel, unable to, to uh, well, I'm going to tell you what I think. You know, they, they can't do that. They're incontinent. Uh, fierce, despisers of those that are good, traitors, heady, High-minded, lovers of pleasures more than lovers of God, having a form of godliness, but denying the power thereof. And then the uh, advice, the counsel of the word is from these people, these attitudes, these behaviors, turn away. Turn away. Well, it's, it's, you go, well, of course we'll turn away. Well, then none of this stuff comes out overtly. Although many times it does, the fierce and the unthankful. But a lot of it's subtle, isn't it? A lot of it's just uh, the, the frog in the kettle thing. You can throw a frog in a boiling pot of water and it'll jump out. But if you'll put him in there when it's lukewarm and turn him up two degrees per hour, he'll boil and never know it was hot. And that's the way we could be. We could be acclimated to our culture and never even know. Obviously, our grandparents would just turn for this culture. But when they were young, their grandparents were turning for their culture. And Elvis the Pebbles was driving people over the, out of their minds. And the Beatles' long hair was the, the end is here, the end is over, you know. And we go, really? Well, yeah. So the church is on the defense and tempted to run with the world herd. Tempted to be as those in the world. And the only way that can happen, like I said, is to become acclimated where you don't watch movies that have a naughty word in them. And then you 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 measure it by, well, it just had one naughty word one time. And then you measure it by, well, it had one naughty word several times. And then it's just naughty after that. And so, you know, and so we we lower our standard because we're acclimated. Uh, the church is hunkering down. We're kind of in a defensive mode. We're, we're you know, and, and we're out there. They say, don't, don't touch somebody. Don't cough on somebody. Don't touch your face. Uh, sanitizer, you know, you would think it was the gospel 
that there was just one Bible in the whole city and we were all trying to get a, a picture of it. No, it's hand sanitizer. And people will, they will hurt you if you are holding the last bottle. They will hurt you as if it's the antidote for cancer, as if they're, they're stage four. And if, you know, they can get it, get it to mama, she'll live. No, it's just hand sanitizer. And uh, all these things are only good if you have the virus. And even then it might not be good if you have the virus. It's, it's, uh, it's uh, safe care. It's just what we do to do the best we can. And I agree. I, I'm not here to, to belittle that. I say, use your hand sanitizer. If you, if you, if you don't want to touch your face or touch my hand or whatever, we, won't, we don't have to shake hands. I, I did a, my first elbow bump yesterday with somebody. I, I wasn't going to do it, but he, that's all he offered. So I gave him what he offered. Uh, we're not angry. We're not, we're not self-righteous about it, saying these people are carnal. Of course not. We want to cooperate because that's where everybody's faith is, and it's not contrary. But it's a new form of living, and it's a new form of relating when the church cowers and the church shrinks back. And we're just not going to do it. We're just not going to cower. We'll do right, but we're not going to cower. We're not going to shrink. We're not going to talk their talk. And we're not going to get fear. We're not going to let fear come into our lives. And all these things, are you just, you're just chiseled down. It's not like somebody says, be fearful or, or we're going to shoot you. No, they're just going to sit there and work on the TV and work on your neighbors. Turn with me, if you would, to the book of Ephesians, chapter 5, please. Yay. Now, we've got to think right. And it's not like either or. You can't just say, well, I'm born again. I want to go to heaven. But I don't want to do anything spiritual. I want to act like the world. I want to act like my friends. But I want to go to heaven. Well, you can. That'll be right. That'll be good. Once you're born again, you're born again. But you're going to live a sorry life. You're going to live a weak life. You're going to live a life that you're, you're not satisfied with if you're always cowering down, if you're always listening to every report. How many viruses are in this city? How many uh, cases are there in the state? You know, being attuned to things that truly don't have anything to do with you personally except to motivate you to pray or motivate you to help or motivate you to be part of some answer, but not to cower down and say, oh, my God, it's coming. We can't escape. We're all going to die. If you've ever been on an elevator that stopped, you can look around if it's got anybody in there, and there's somebody in there that is thinking, if not saying, oh, my God, we're all going to die. This thing's going to the bottom, and we're all going to die. I wish I'd have kissed my baby goodbye this morning or something. It's just, you just can hardly imagine where it can go. Well, we're not going there in any form. Ephesians 5, verse 26 says, uh, uh, well, verse 25, even as Christ also loved the church and gave himself for it, why? That he might sanctify and cleanse it, the church, with the washing of water by the word. Oh, yeah. You know, we're cleansed by the word. Amen. And that why that he might present it, the church to himself, a glorious church, a glorious church. Well, we can't look like the world and act like the world and talk like the world and then say, but we're glorious. It's not glorious based on a one time ex experience. You can go to heaven based on that one time experience, got born again. But that doesn't mean you'll be glorious. 
You're glorious to the Lord, but you're not glorious in your walk on the earth unless you are different than those walking on the earth. He said that we might, he might make himself a glorious church, not having spot or wrinkle or any such thing, but that it should be holy and without blemish. So we got to remember that we're not ashamed. We're not ashamed. I had someone ask me this week, said, uh, says, what are you? You Methodist or Baptist? And I said, well, I was Baptist, but now I'm Pentecostal. He, and he just, he said, well, I'm Baptist. They're all the same. It doesn't matter. So you have an attitude out there that just, if you're saved, you're saved. Church is social. Church is where you go to, to uh, bring your potluck and to have your kids baptized and married. And, uh, of course, I, I disagree with that. So we're a glorious church. Well, to, it takes a little bit of shining to keep yourself glorious. You've got to keep yourself washed with the water of the word. You've got to be sanctified. You've got to be holy before the Lord if you want to be in the glorious church. There's all kinds of variants of the church, but he's coming for the glorious church. Whatever that means, he says he's coming for the glorious church. Now, everybody else may go too, but he's coming. He's got the target on the glorious church. He may gather everybody else up with glorious church, but he's coming for the glorious church. And uh, that would be individually and then corporately. We're not rebels. We're not, uh, we're not mad at anybody. We're not self-righteous to say we're saved and you're a sinner or we're filled with the Holy Ghost and you're not. We're, we're, there's no distinction. Everybody's got to work out their own salvation with fear and trembling. Amen. But I personally and you personally have a drive in us, a, quench, a thirst in us that we can't quench except that we serve him with honor and in faith. That's what I want. That's what I want for my life. And I'm not going to let anybody keep me from that, even if they shut down natural things. In Exodus, I want to look in the Old Testament here, and I want to share with you about uh, God's plan for the Old Testament in the new two, but Exodus chapter uh, 14. I want you go, well, what about the Old Testament? What, what is it good for? It's testimonies. It's testimonies of God offering to do it again. Would you say that with me? Do it again together. Do it again. Well, there's some amazing things in the Old Testament. As a matter of fact, I would, I would uh, forecast that a lot of people, if not every Christian, born again of a new covenant, a better covenant, they hadn't seen or even heard in their lifetime of, of, uh, of uh, contemporary, contemporary events that match many things in the Old Testament. There was some show, sure enough good stuff happening in the Old Testament. I mean, yeah, God was kicking stuff and taking names back then. Hallelujah. And he didn't do the mess around. He, you know, as Christians, we do the mess around sometimes, but oh, God was, he wasn't doing the mess around. He, he was sure about what he said. Let's look in verse 13. This is a marvelous story, and I just want to read it. I want to read it on this Sunday morning just so you and I'll hear it and we'll say, you know, God's good and God's great. God said unto the people, Moses said unto the people, fear ye not. Now we're, we're, we're coming out of Egypt. Here's the, uh, the context. We're coming out of Egypt and things didn't go quite as good as everybody thought. They thought we'd just step over and, and, and Pharaoh would say, go and be blessed, be warmed and be filled. But it didn't happen that way. Yeah, so Moses said, uh, fear not, stand still, see the salvation of the Lord, which he shall show to you today. For the Egyptians whom you have seen today, 
ye shall see them again no more forever. Now that's pretty bold. That's, that's that taking names business. The Lord shall fight for you. Can we just stop there and meditate that? The Lord shall fight for you. Old Testament, Old Covenant. We got a better covenant built on better promises and better blood. The Lord shall fight for you and ye shall hold your peace. And the Lord said unto Moses, wherefore criest thou unto me? Well, everybody knows God's in control. And he does whatever he wants to with whoever he wants to, whenever he wants to. Oh, wait a minute. Verse 15 said, the Lord said unto Moses, why criest thou unto me? You speak unto the children of Israel that they may go forward. You lift up thou your rod and stretch out thine hand over the sea. You divide it and the children of Israel shall go on dry ground through the midst of the sea. Did y'all see that? If, do you think if Moses hadn't done that, they would have got delivered? I, I, he's taking names. <laughs> he's kicking and he's taking names. So it could be that he meant what he said. And I behold, I will harden the hearts of the Egyptians and they shall follow them. Follow them. Where? Go on dry ground through the midst of the sea. Now, when did you wake up in your prayer time and the Lord said, I want you to go down to the black, black warrior and I want you to raise your rod and tell everybody behind you we're going through on dry ground through the midst of the river. <laughs> they may have all said, let's go to the Waffle House for a while he, and let him work on this. Uh, he, God said, uh, uh, I'll harden the hearts and they shall follow them. So that's dumb as a rock, isn't it? I mean, they're going to follow them. Why? Because the plan of God was hidden, wasn't it? They did, it seems obvious from reading it, but they didn't know back then that, that it could do anything but what it was doing. And I will get me honor upon Pharaoh and upon all his host, upon his chariots, and upon his horsemen. And the Egyptians shall know that I am the Lord when I have gotten me honor upon Pharaoh, upon his chariots, and upon his horsemen. Verse 19, and the angel of the Lord. Oh, don't y'all love this? I mean, really, come on, let's read some Old Covenant, Old Testament stories and get stirred up right now. And the angel of the Lord, which, which went before the camp of Israel, removed and went behind them. So he changed his position. And the pillar of the cloud went from before their face and stood behind them. And it came between the camp of the Egyptians and the camp of Israel, and it was a cloud. And darkness to them, but it gave light by night to those, so that one came not near the other all the night. God's strategizing this. He didn't just like shock them all, you know, they'd just be delivered on the other side and they can't get to you. There was an intricate plan, and he even moved the pillar of fire, the cloud of smoke. He moved them around and actually strategized these things. There's mechanics to God's moving in our lives. There's mechanics. You go, well, God does whatever he wants to. Well, no, he's got to have some cooperation for a lot of stuff to get us to, in the position. And Moses stretched out his hand over the sea, and the Lord caused the sea. He stretched, God caused, the sea to go back by a strong east wind all that night and made the sea dry land, and the waters were divided. And the children of Israel went into the midst of the sea upon the dry ground, and the waters were a wall unto them on their right hand, and on their left. Now, when's the last time you had a miracle like that? When's you ever heard of somebody 
and the Egyptians. Now, if, if God was the same yesterday, today, and forever, we could probably see something like that, right? If he was. And the Egyptians pursued and went in after them to the midst of the sea, even all Pharaoh's horses, his chariots, and his horsemen. And it came to pass that in the morning watch, now I love this, the Lord looked. Can y'all look, can y'all see the Lord looking? <laughs> the all-knowing, he looked. He said, hey, Holy Spirit, let's look. How'd you sleep? Yeah, we're real good. Well, now that we're up, let's get, let's get over here and look. <laughs> he looked into the host of the Egyptians through the pillar of fire and of the cloud. So where was he? He was right there and troubled the host of the Egyptians. You might not want the Lord to look at you. <laughs> he looked here and it was trouble and took off their chariot wheels. He didn't just say, okay, y'all are bad news. Just be destroyed. He literally took off their chariot wheels that they drove them heavily so that the Egyptians said, let us flee from the face of Israel for the Lord fighteth for them against the Egyptians. And the Lord said unto Moses, let's see, where am I supposed to go? We can only go so far here. Verse 29. And the Lord said unto Moses, stretch out thine hand on the sea, that the waters may come back again upon the Egyptians, upon their chariots and upon their horsemen. The Lord said, stretch out thine hand. So, you know, we, got, we can't just watch. We've got to listen. Because he may, he, may he may give us new directions, not just like one and done. And Moses stretched forth his hand over the sea, and the sea returned to his strength when the morning appeared, and the Egyptians fled against it, and the Lord overthrew the Egyptians in the midst of the sea, and the waters returned and covered the chariots and the horsemen and the host of Pharaoh that came into the sea after them. There remained, now look, look, there remained not so much as one of them. I'd say he got them all. But the children of Israel walked upon dry land in the midst of the sea, and the waters were a wall unto them on their right hand and on their left. Now, this is just a cool story. Pharaoh tried to follow Israel through the Red Sea. So when the Lord sends you on a trajectory, sends you on an assignment, the devil's going to follow you into the miracle plan. He's going he's gonna, to he's gonna try to get in there, even though he's not empowered. And uh, Pharaoh had no experience uh, in his centuries of domination. Now, he didn't live centuries, but his father and grandfather and all that. In all the, the Pharaohs that had been in Egypt, they had no experience to look back and say, when the waters open up, don't go in. It's a trap. It's a trick. They, they, did, they didn't have that logged up. So uh, the children of Israel, by faith, in other words, faith comes by hearing. They heard, God, they heard that God told Moses, and Moses then told them, and then Moses lifted his rod and spoke. They, uh, they followed the angel of the Lord, the, pal the pillar, fire and, and cloud. They followed the angel of the Lord into the walk, into the way of escape. Now, I want to tell you, it could have been scary back then because yes. none of them had seen that before either. And walls coming up, water, that's a new experience. Uh, but here, let me just tell you this. The world can't go where you go when you go by faith. The world can't go where you and I go 
when we go by faith. That's what I want to tell you this morning. In the midst of this corona, listen, corona's going to come, it came, and it's going to go. And there's going to be something behind it. It's not like, well, this is the last plague. No, the devil's mad. His time is up. He's bringing whatever he can. You know God didn't send this, right? You know that. Yeah. But in the sending of it, it's not a test, but it is a qualifying. You're called. You're assigned. I've been strengthened and empowered by the Word and the Holy Ghost to win in this situation, to win in every situation, but to win. Well, how do you win? Well, don't get the corona. But if you did, just, just uh, get rid of it, deal with it, but have a good conversation. No fear. We're good. We're hiding in the secret place of the Most High. We're under the shadow of the Almighty. We say of the Lord, He is my refuge, my fortress, my God. In Him we do trust. Case closed. That's, that's the test you're in, if, there, if you could say a test. It's not a test from God, but it's, it's in the world. Hallelujah. Turn with Amos. Y'all know where the O books are? There's five O books. Hosea, Joel, Amos, Obadiah, and Jonah. The five O books. So turn to, turn to Amos. I, I can't tell you how to find one or the other. I can just tell you there are five. So you got to find the O books before you can find Amos, don't you? Look in chapter 9. Now, we're talking about the testimonies of the Lord. We're talking about that faith will see you through. That's the title of this message, if you want one. Faith will see you through. Let's point to ourselves and say, hey, you. First person. Faith will see me through. Now, that's gospel right there. Faith will see you through. Do you want to go through? You go, well, I'm just going to get through. I'm going to do what they say, hunker down, and then when it's over, I'll come out. Well, yay. You'll look just like the world. Yay. Well, it's not wrong to be that, but but there's another one coming. I don't say it's a virus. I'm just saying (laughs) this stuff is like a cold front or a front coming across California. It's coming across, and as soon as it gets to New York, there's another one coming across. It's just how the weather is. West to east. And there's, there's something coming, but we don't care. Look in Amos chapter 9. Look in verse 3. Uh, 13, excuse me, 13. That'll be better. Now look, 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 look. We're talking about the supernatural. We're talking about God saying, I want to do it again. Verse 13, behold. I love that word, behold. The days come. Well, From then to now, we could say the days are here. Saith the Lord that the plowman shall overtake the reaper and the treader of grapes, him that soweth seed, and the mountains shall drop sweet wine, and all the hills shall melt. Now, have y'all seen that? So it's still out in front of us, isn't it? Well, we're in the end days. How far into the end days? Nobody really knows, but you can pretty much guess that we're at least approaching the end of the end days. If you listen to Joe Morris or you read your word better, you can see, gosh, this stuff's clicking off. Stuff in Ezekiel and Isaiah, the prophets that said it would come, this stuff's just clicking off. 
we may be in the end of the end days. I absolutely believe it, but I don't want to say what you should believe. It's, uh, but live, live like you're in the end of the end days. Maybe that's what we should say. Just live like that, and if you miss it, just live happy. But I looked up another translation. You know how we are. The, the New Living says, The time will come, says the Lord, when the grain and grapes will grow faster than they can be harvested. Doesn't that sound like exceeding abundantly above? Doesn't that sound like open the windows and pour you out such a blessing that you're not easily able to contain it, to hold it? That the day will come, the time will come when the grain and grapes will grow faster than they can be harvested. The century, the CEV, whatever that is, you will have such a harvest that you won't be able to bring in all your wheat before plowing time. Bumper crop. The message says things are going to happen so fast that your head will swim. You know, watch out for the message. <laughs> One thing fast on the heels of the other. You won't be able to keep up. Everything will be happening at once and everywhere you look, blessings. I'm going to read the first part again. Things are going to happen so fast your head will swim. One thing fast on the heels of the other. That's what's in front of us. God said, I want, to, I, want to, I want to tell you about it before it happens so you'll know it was me that caused it. You'll know that it came from heaven. The, uh, so, so Amos said, the prophet said, we're going to get into a, what we call an exponential time. We're going to get out of addition and get into the 30, the 60, the 100 fold. Maybe we've been in the 30. Maybe you've got a little dab of 30. But... 60 is actually, it's 33, 66, and 100 is actually how we're one-third, two-thirds, three-thirds. We had not got there yet. Not, not in our lives. Now, they may do it in Brazil or some other nation, but here it hadn't happened. But it's in front of us. Turn with me, if you would, to the book of Ezekiel, chapter 12. How y'all like this talking about the supernatural? Talking about the future. Talking about what's coming. Take that, Corona. Take that. We're paying no attention to you because we got our eyes on the prize. We got what's important focusing. And you will not distract us. You will not get us off point. You will not come in and say you are important because you're not important. The things of God are important. Ezekiel chapter 12, look in, in verse uh, 21. Oh, here's some more. Oh, my. Hold on. Y'all braced? Yes. Son of man. Uh, the word of the Lord came unto me saying, Son of man, what is that proverb that ye have in the land of Israel? Saying, the days are prolonged and every vision faileth. You know, that's kind of a sorry vision, don't you? A proverb, excuse me. God comes back and says, tell them, therefore, thus saith the Lord God, I will make this proverb to cease. And they shall no more use it as a proverb in Israel, but say unto them, the days are at hand and the effect of every vision. Now here it is. For there shall be no more any vain or fruitless vision, nor flattering divination within the house of Israel. For I am the Lord, I will speak, uh-oh, and the word that I shall speak shall come to pass. 
It shall be no more prolonged, for in your days, O rebellious house, will I say the word and will perform it, saith the Lord God. How many of y'all know that's still out in front of us? Verse 26. Let's see uh, where we are here. Uh, again, the word of the Lord came to me, saying, Son of man, behold, they are of the house of Israel, say, the vision that he seeth is for many days to come. And he prophesieth of the times that are far off. Therefore, saying to them, <laughs> news, news alert, update, thus saith the Lord God, there shall none of my words be prolonged any more, but the word which I have spoken shall be done, saith the Lord of God. Wow, y'all. So we can't look at our past to predict our future. We can't say it's more of the same. Because the Lord said, not only do I say some things, now I say that what I said will come to pass. I'm putting a, I'm putting a, a, a reminder on it saying, yep, I said it. I meant it then. I'm saying it again, and I mean it again. So think about the promises that God has made to the church. I got a stack, a pretty good stack just for River Church. Thus saith the Lord. One of them says that property will be given to us and we won't have to lift a finger. That hadn't happened. Think about the promises that God's written about the return of Jesus. Like I said, if you listen to Joe Morris or just read Ezekiel or anything, you can see this stuff is clicking off and it is coming to pass. It's in order. It's not happenstance and a little here, a little there. It's in order. And then think about the promises that he's made to you. Barry and Pamela and Melissa and Lisa and Joy. Look, think about the promises made to you. Both, thus saith the Lord, the God, he says unto you, those kind of prophecies. But things that he just put down in your heart and says, I'm going to do this for you. I'm going to do this through you. Or things that you saw in the scripture and the Lord said, mark that. That's me talking to you right now. Even though I did talk about it hundreds of years ago, I'm talking to you about this scripture. This is my word to you right now. It's a rhema word. It's a now word. It's God making a promise to you in words that you can read, but it's applicable to you. Think about the promises. Do you have any? I got a stack of them. And some of them I can't even share with you because you'd faint. You'd faint if you knew what I knew. All we can do is talk about the words that are right before us right now. But I got some words that are just kind of like this thing here where the Red Sea just parted and they went in on dry ground. I got some words like that. I hope you do, too. I hope you know your future. I hope you know what, God, what God's got planned for you. It's terrible to think that tomorrow's going to be just like yesterday. It's a lonely, uh, monotonous, fruitless life. Well, tomorrow, I hope it's as good as yesterday. That'd be a lot of people's faith. But I tell you, I got the word of the Lord. I know you do. I know River Church does. We got the word of the Lord. And then we just have general scriptures that are to all of us in our generation. That God says, I'm going to do it and I'm going to be on time. So think about that. He said, no more is it going to be delayed. Well, that was two, three. When was Ezekiel written? I don't know. 2,500 years ago? Before the Gospels, and that's 2,000. Turn to Isaiah chapter 65. I just like this. Y'all are just here to humor me this morning, but uh, we're, uh, we're talking about how good God is. 
and how he's able to show his goodness in a way that you never thought. You'd have settled. I'd have settled for less. I'd said, well, that's, that's real good, Lord. I appreciate that. And he said, ah, oh, that's nothing. That's nothing. Let me show you something that's really something. And then let me promise you something that you can't even hardly handle. Isaiah 65, 21. Oh, we got lots of time. Where are you going to go? We're going to let off tonight. We're going to let off Wednesday. We're going to let off Sunday. Ah, we ought to stay all afternoon. When, when's curfew? When is curfew, by the way? <laughs> well, 10 o'clock. Ah, I'm going to have to get some more notes here. And verse 21, and they shall build, they shall build houses and inhabit them. And they shall plant vineyards and eat the fruit of them. They shall not build and another inhabit. Now, come on, y'all. They shall not build and another inhabit. This is where the world is. They shall not plant and another eat. That is the curse. You want to describe the curse is when you build something and somebody else moves in. Remember Gideon when the, the Midianites were over them? They would, they would plant their crops and the Midianites would come in and take them all and haul them off to, the, to Midian. For as the days of a tree are the days of my people, and mine elect shall long enjoy the work of their hands, they shall not labor in vain. I'm thinking of the workman is worthy of his hire. Nor shall bring forth for trouble, for they are the seed of the blessed of the Lord and their offspring with them. And it shall come to pass, oh my, oh my, come on, y'all, that before they call, I will answer and while they are yet speaking, I will hear. I hope you have your, your pink pen or your yellow pen or your, your uh, I hope you have that marked. I, I mark the day. I actually say, okay, it's March 29th, 2020. I mark scriptures when the Lord says, don't forget this one. I mark it so I can go back and say, you know, that's when you said that. And I'm still waiting on that one. Uh, the TEV, listen to this. This, is, this takes it out of the King James. People will build houses and get to live in them. They will not be used by someone else. They will plant vineyards and they will enjoy the wine. It will not be drunk by others. Like trees, my people will live long lives. Satisfied. He'll satisfy us. They will fully enjoy the things that they've worked for. Remember I told you about that uh, family member that had... Uh, Lehman Brothers had $100,000, and in the 08 crash, boom, it was delete, $100,000. And you know, if you're a wage earner, that's a lot of years. That's a lot of $50 contributions. That's not us. You go, well, what if Wall Street crashes? It's not us. What if the stock market tanks? It's not us. It's not us. It's not us. Just like Melissa said she got a raise, that's, that's what's going on in all of us. The spirit of that is on us, and she's one of the first that just poked out, but it's poking out all over. It's, it, promotion and increase is on us. It's not driving by, it is on us. And so however it manifests to you, however he, whatever, it's on us. Yes. They will fully enjoy the things that they've worked for. The work they do will be successful, and their children will not meet with disaster. 
Can we say amen right there? I will bless them and their descendants for all time to come. Even before they finish praying to me, I will answer their prayers. I'm telling you, that's the, that's the, the plowman will overtake the, the, the reaper. The Amplified. Okay, y'all braced? For all these things my hand has made, and so all these things have come into being by me and for me, says the Lord. But this is the man to whom I will look and have regard. He who is, oh, we got to read verse 2. There we go. I, I forgot to read verse 2. 66.2. For all these things hath mine hand made, and all these things have been, saith the Lord. But to this man, this man will I look. Lord, which man will you look to? Even to him that is poor and of a contrite spirit and trembleth at my word. Well, the poor part is not, that, that's a, uh, that's not what it means in our day right there. But let me read the Amplified again. For all these things my hand has made, and so all these things I have, have come into being by me and for me, says the Lord. But this is the man to whom I will look and have regard. He who is humble and of a broken or wounded spirit. That There was no spirit in the Old Testament. There's talking about a soul here. So don't think we have broken spirits or wounded spirits. We don't. The new birth, we're sealed. But it's talking about your soul there, someone that's brokenhearted or his contrite. He who has, is humble and of a broken and wounded spirit and who trembles at my word and reveres my commands. Lord, help us revere your commands. Yes. To hear you the first time you speak them in a conversational tone and be on it. Lord, I'll take care of that. Well, don't you want to hear me say it again louder and stronger and, and a little threateningly? No, I heard it, Lord. You want this done. I'm on it. Well, don't you, don't you need to have some, uh, some uh, threatenings? Like if you don't do it, it's going to be bad for you? No, Lord, I heard you the first time. I turned over. I saw it. You heard you, and I'm on it. He said, I like that kind of guy. Well, the reason he does is because we all like that kind of person. We all like that. We, we, don't, like, we don't even like when... Parents have to threaten their kids. If I have to tell you one more time, that, I, I always laugh. I always just break open and just laugh when I hear that because I go, it's fixing to come one more time. Oh, <laughs> it's fixing to come. Wait for it. Wait for it. <laughs> Parents are so, I'm not going to say that. I'm, uh, so, so here he says, God says, things you, I, th I'm just going to think of some things and they're just going to show up. Think on, Lord. Think on. Uh, but here's the sad part, or here's the other part, is you could live in the days of glory. Like my family went through, uh, Oral Roberts was, was strong with, you know, in my day. And I, my family didn't even know, they knew of him, but it was like, he's, he's Barnum and Bailey coming through town. We don't go to the circus. And you could live in these days of revival. And I'm going to tell you, most people will and never know it came. They're going to miss the revival. Now turn with me to Mark chapter 6. I said all that Old Testament stuff just to get you fired up so I could talk to you about this. Now you know I'm already about 20 minutes past where most churchgoers can preach. They are already asleep and uh, writing notes to their wives saying, when is he going to quit? <laughs> Or, or they're telling, they're, they're kind of pulling their sleeve up to the pastor. 
Now, I don't want to hurt your feelings on broadcast, but you're little, but you can grow up. God wants all of us to grow up. It doesn't mean that we're, we're beat up by some long-winded preacher that doesn't have anything to say and he just wants to hear himself talk. We are not that. We got a place to go with this. Mark chapter 6, verse 1 says, He went out from thence, Lord Jesus, came into his own country. His disciples followed him. And when the Sabbath day was come, he began to teach in the synagogue. And many hearing him were astonished, saying, From whence hath this man these things? And from what wisdom is this which is given unto him, that even such mighty works are wrought by his hands? Is this not the carpenter, the son of Mary, the brother of James and Joseph and of Judah and Simon? And are not his sisters here with us? And they were offended at him. They were offended at him. What did he do? Did he say, I'm the hottest dog you've ever seen? No, he just, he just came in and worked miracles of compassion and, and goodness. And when Jesus said to them, his prophet is not without honor, but in his own country and in his own house. And he could there do no mighty work. He did some works, but they were not mighty. Save that he laid his hands upon a few sick folk and healed them. You know, in verse 2, it says, mighty works are wrought by his hands. Well, there it is. And he marveled because of their unbelief, and he went round about the villages teaching. So, here the Lord came into town. Listen, now this is us. He came into town wanting to do mighty works. He wanted to do mighty works among his own kinfolks, his own, his own brethren. He wanted to do it. It's what he was called to do and what he was sent to do. But he faced great unbelief. Unbelief. Say it with me. Unbelief. He faced great unbelief. And so they began to say things that had nothing to do with the word he was preaching. Well, isn't, this, isn't he doodad's brother? And isn't he Lily Lou's sister? And you know, all that sort of stuff. Started just making up stuff like they do, like religion does. And so when he couldn't do a miracle, he just started teaching to bring faith. Now, turn with me to Matthew chapter 15. Now, remember there what I said. He wanted to do a miracle. In Matthew 15, a different story. We're talking about the church, the glorious church, without spot or wrinkle. We're talking about your faith will take you through where no one else can go and where you cannot go without it. If you want to go somewhere in these end days, these last of the last days, this this. Plowman overtaketh the reaper. If you want to be in this day where the, the, you lift the rod and the sea parts, you're going to have to put on faith. It's, we're not spectators. We are either on the field or we're not in the stadium. There are no spectators in this day that's coming. You're, in the, you're, in, you're suited up and on the field or you're at Walmart. Bless your heart. Get on the field. It's terrible at Walmart. <laughs> Y'all know how I think about that. Okay. Uh, Matthew 15, 22. Look, 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 look. I love this. This is awesome. It says, uh, Behold, a woman of Canaan came out of the same coast and cried unto him, saying, Have mercy on me, O Lord, thou son of David. My daughter is grievously vexed with a devil. Well, you know, a daughter of Canaan wouldn't even know what a devil was, so it must have really been 
a supernatural demonstration of a devil for her to say, grievously vexed. But he answered her not a word. He answered her not a word. He answered, Jesus answered her not a word. And his disciples, oh, they came to help. They came and besought him saying, send her away. <laughs> She's bothering us. But he answered and said, I am not sent into the lost sheep of the house of Israel. Then came she. It should be saying there, then she, went she. But it says, then came she and worshiped him and saying, Lord, help me. But he answered and said, no, it's not me, not right. It's not time for me to take the children's bread and cast it to dogs. But she said, but she said, she said, Lord, truth, Lord, yet the crumbs, the dogs eat of the crumbs which fall from their master's table. Verse 28. Jesus answered and said, O woman, great is thy faith. She had great faith. Be it unto thee, even as thou wilt. And her daughter was made whole from that very hour. Let's do a contrast with Mark chapter 6. He did not come to town to do a miracle. This was like the first miracle when uh, uh, he wasn't wanting to change. He wasn't, they said, uh, said we, we have no wine. And uh, his mother came to him and said, take care of this, son. And he said, woman, this is, it's not my time. No. But she pursued, she persisted, she leaned in, said, I'm your mama, and, I'm not, and I won't make that cornbread anymore if you don't <laughs> whoop up some wine here. <laughs> you know about that lemon pie. You know what that does to you. <laughs> that's not sacrilegious. That's just the embellished version. Hallelujah. And so uh, he did it. The Lord Jesus did that miracle. But he, he, wasn't, it, he wasn't into it. It wasn't what he came to do. But he came to his hometown and said, I'm here to do business. Well, here he didn't want to do business again, just like in John. Uh, but instead of facing great unbelief, he faced great faith. So you have two different attitudes in the Lord Jesus changed by two different attitudes in the people. It wasn't even like his staff came and said, you know, he's, he didn't sleep well last night. He was up all night long praying. And so, listen, let us, let, let, let us help you. No, nope. they said, get rid of her. And uh, so basically the Lord Jesus said, he wasn't being mean to her. He said, you are a misdirection to my calling, my assignment. And she was. He said, you were not sent. Well, I'm sent to the lost sheep of Israel, the lost tribe. And you, you're not in there. But I'll tell you, if you'll notice here, she was all in. We're talking about your faith will take you somewhere that nothing else will. Yeah. She was all in. She was as disqualified as anybody. The woman with the issue of blood was very disqualified too. But this woman was, she was on the outskirts of the outskirts. And she was all in for that moment. People want miracles, but they want to give a little dab. They want to give a little bit. They want to, they want to just see. I'm not going to see, you know, will you buy my Girl Scout cookies? Will you, uh, I'm selling uh, internet service. I'm selling encyclopedias. Uh, no. You, you got to come in and say, this is what you got to have. I'm here to sell them to you. And she was all in. Verse 27 said she had great faith. 
And you know what happened. She got the miracle. It wasn't even for her. It, that, and that was kind of selfless. She wanted it for her daughter. It's not like she said, it's for me. Great faith. Now, the Lord Jesus changeth not. And what he did for her, he'll do for us. He wants to. And, you, and people would say, well, why doesn't he just do it? Because there's principles set there to keep the usurper, to keep people that are not sincere, to keep them from, from plundering the wealth of heaven unlawfully. Right. So, so you got to come in faith. It's not like you can, like we talked about in John 10, the, the, the thief climbeth up and come in another way. The way you come in is through faith. You believe the word and you stand saying, I got this. It's not based on manifestation. Well, I'm just waiting on the manifestation. That doesn't mean anything. That doesn't mean you got it. It just means I got that. The manifestation's irrelevant. You, you, you know, we've heard about that story about the girl with the goiter, got up and testified, had this huge goiter on her neck and got up in the convention and said, I just want to thank the Lord Jesus for healing me of, 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 of that goiter. And then went, well, bless her heart. When she got up the next year, a whole nother year later, got up and said, I just want to thank the Lord Jesus for healing me of that gorder. And they said, this got to end. Now, this girl, is not, she's, she's got to end. And uh, they told her to quit it. She said, no, the Lord's healed me already. Well, no, she, he hadn't. She's, you got this. And that evening, it fell off. Now, I don't know how goiter falls off, but, but that's the testimony. So you, you can't wait on manifestation. You got to have it. And then the manifestation, whatever. When you have what you have, you have it. You're not waiting. Faith never waits. Faith is now. And so you, you just have to tell the Lord Jesus. Even the dogs eat the crumbs that fall from the master's table. Faith doesn't take no. Now, you want to know if you're in faith? You just don't take no. Well, let me talk you out of it. Let me tell you why it can't. Tell me, let me tell you why it's not now. Let me tell you why it's too hard. Let me tell you why God doesn't work in that way. Uh, that he, that, that's just, we don't know anybody. I don't know anybody that's had the Red Sea thing. I don't know anybody. Uh, I don't know anybody that's had oil multiplied or, or uh, put a twig in the stream and the next head swim, swam, swam. Went from one place to another on top of the water. I don't know. But it's all in there, and it's for you and me. We may not need an axe head to swim, but we got things that we need to happen. And in this day of the, the plowman overtaking the reaper, now here, here it is. You're going to have to be ready. We have to develop our capacity now that we will not be blown away no matter how it comes. Now, you can, you can ramp up, but you're going to miss it because if you start way back here and the surge in the spirit, the revival comes in and it takes off from here, you won't catch up. You'll go, oh my, I don't believe in that. I don't believe in that. And most churches are full of people that don't believe in that. So you got to believe in stuff like, how can I believe in the Red Sea parting? I just believe. I'm easily persuaded. It says it in here. So I'm looking for it. I'm looking for the plowman. I'm looking for promotion. Like, how'd that come? Uh, um, somebody called me yesterday. I've already told you all the story about somebody calling and saying, I'm sending the church a check. I'll be able to tell that about, should be this week. Someone's sending the church a check. 
But someone called me yesterday <laughs> and, uh, and said, do you need any money? I said, no, I'm fine. I'm fine. I, I'm good. He said, well, how about the church? I said, well, church is always receiving donations, but what, whatever. He said, I think you need money. I think the church needs money. I'm going to go talk to my mama. I'm sure she'll be in with me, and we're going to send you a check. Wow. Now, I'm not telling you about the money part. I'm just telling you about things that are opening up that I didn't ask for. I'm not chasing, I'm not, I'm, and I'm not putting things in their path so they'll, you know, I'm not telling them, well, it's a little tight out here. I'm not doing any of that. I'm just, I'm talking faith to them, and we're just talking kingdom. He said, i got to send you a check. He said, text me your address. I'm going to send you a check. Ma'am? Well, yeah, we have some for it. This is for River Church, and we've been sending out missionary mission offerings Sometimes it'll take your breath because you look at the total after you've sent them all out and you go, that was good, but whoo, <laughs> thousands of dollars. I'm telling you, we've sent out thousands of dollars lately, this year, and it's just starting to come in. It's just starting to come in. The plowman is overtaking the reapers, what I'm telling you. Uh, thousands, I'm talking about thousands of dollars. And just so glad to do it. Uh, so it's not up to Jesus. Jesus has already said yes. I said he's already said yes. Well, what if Jesus says no? He's already said yes. The Father is interested because he doesn't see you and me in our frailty and our sin and our shortcomings. He sees us through the blood. I tell you, when you put on those yellow sunglasses they sell on TV, let me just tell you, this is the truth. Everything looks yellow. <laughs> if you didn't know how that worked, you don't like yellow, put on some blue ones. Everything looks blue. And when you and I get looked at through the blood of Jesus, everything looks perfect. We are shining, and he wants to do it through us. Now, who's the Lord going to do supernatural things through? Who's he going to do it through? If not you, who? And if not now, when? Well, I don't feel qualified. You're a dummy. You're a dummy. At least believe the word that you are the righteousness of God in him. I want to tell you, your faith can work way beyond what it's working. And the way you do that is you start telling yourself, you start reading things about Red Seas and plowmen and uh, the, the, the Canaanite woman, and uh, you start reading those things, and it gives you, it raises you up. It's like, if not me, who? If not now, when? God, are you through? Was that the best you got? Was the Red Sea 4,000 years ago? Good job, but here we are. Ah, he said, I got better than that. That was under an old inferior covenant. I got better than that. I got an antichrist to deal with here. I got the devil to deal with here. I got, he said, but I got you, the church, the glorious church. There is no match for you. Will everybody get to be in that? No, but you know, Gideon found out you didn't need everybody. Just send a couple of hundred up the hill, and they'll come back with all they need. The four, the four lepers. I mean, even if you want to be a worm and just say, I don't want to be a righteous man. If you just want to be a, a wormy leper, we'll send you down to the camp of the Syrians because they've all left and all their food and, 
and clock radios and, and iPods, they're all down there, and you can just bring them home. <laughs> oh, Jesus, Lord Jesus. Let's stand up and lift our hands. Let's lift our hands. Oh, he's good. He's so good. He's been so good. He is good. And good, good is coming. Praise God. I thank you for Melissa's promotion. But Lord, we all receive a promotion. It's in the house. It's on us. It's corporate. And it's you showing out your goodness and your glory. Hallelujah. So Lord, we raise our expectation right now. We, we get into that Red Sea thing where, the, where we get delivered and our enemies get squashed. <laughs> and we cooperate, Lord. We're in with our, our superiors, the mayor and the governor. Lord, we're committing and submitting. Thank you, Lord, for making us a way to have everything we would have had and more. In the name of Jesus. And I speak health and strength and immunity into your body, I speak life that, that if John G. Lake could hold the frothy virus or whatever it was, the plague, and it died in his hand, this thing cannot come nigh us or near our dwelling. We withstand it today. And we say what will be today. We say, Lord, we win. In Jesus, we win. So we go about our business. We help people. We stand our ground. And we give you all the praise in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Now, if you need prayer this morning, come up here and I'll lay elbows on you. <laughs> yeah, that's the Holy Ghost elbow right there. This one, this one's just not ripe yet. But this one right here, ah, it'll knock stuff out of your life that you don't like. Praise God. <laughs> Amen. Thank you.